We are back for episode two of the Two Bros Talking Sports podcast. Down here in the Weeks Basement Bar once again, bringing you everything sports around the world. Like we said last week, it's going to be heavy college football today. We'll talk a little bit baseball, a little bit golf, but mostly college football today. This is Trace coming at you. Michael, how are you doing today? Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, just down here watching the Brewers-Cubs game. Uh, it's bottom 11. Uh, Brewers have scored a run in, in the 10th and the 11th, gave up one in the 10th, um, and now they're they're uh, trying to get out of the 11th, so we'll see how this goes. It, it's been an interesting game to say the least today. Uh, we'll, we'll recap the Brewers' whole last week here quick. Uh, so last time we, we recorded and you know, you heard us talk. They were they were coming up in a big series with the Cardinals. I believe they were only a game back when they went into that. Uh, last weekend, they went one and two against the Cardinals. All three games were winnable. All three games were losable. Uh, one and two wasn't bad considering you didn't drop three games uh, and put yourself back four. They, they got out of it. They were down three games. Uh, but like I said, every game was winnable. Every game was losable. And then they had a four-game set with the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. They were the first team to 80 wins on the year. They went two and two. Um, Monday night, they they went up against Julio Urias. I was at the game. Might have been the most one of the most boring games I've ever been to. It was a tough um, watch. They lost four to nothing. They didn't get a guy to third base. Uh, it was not the worst. I, I I've been to some some worse Brewer games, but it definitely was not a fun one. And then Tuesday they bounced back. Um, I believe. Tuesday, what did they do? That would be the extra innings. Tuesday, yup, yeah, they won an extra innings on a walk-off. Um, Hunter Renfro put down the second bunt of the year for him. It was, it was a beautiful bunt, and then he had a great, great base running on second base to get in. Basically, just went on contact. It was a blooper to Mookie Betts and scored the winning runs. I heard him I heard him say either we were going to lose at the plate or we were, we're going to win at the and, plate. And, and yeah. it was because it was either he was going to be out or he was going to be, going to be safe because it it was, it was a tough one to read, but he made the right read on it. Um, looks like the Cubs just tied it up here 5-5 five, five with a leadoff double, so they have no outs. Uh, Peter stress Lecky's in for the Brewers here. Um, anyways, finish up the Dodgers series the next day. Uh, Wednesday, they went against Tony Gonsolin, who's a Cy Young candidate for sure. He's 14-1 in the year now, has an ERA maybe slightly above 2, maybe even under 2, but I believe it's slightly above 2. Uh, and, and, and the Brewers just couldn't get anything out of him. Gonsolin's been good all year. And then Friday, or Thursday, excuse me, they, you know, they took care of business. Andrew McCutcheon had two home runs. Hunter Renfro had a home run. They ended up winning 5-3, to three, got Corbin Burns the win. Uh, whenever Corbin Burns is on the mound, you expect for them to win. Um, and they, they, they found I mean, a way. We talked about it. They had to win on Saturday with Corbin on the mound against the Cardinals. Then you win again against the Dodgers. You know, going 2-2 two and two against the Dodgers, that was, you know, you're, you're going to take that. That it was, you know, you, you splitting a series with the Dodgers, there's nothing wrong with that. Now you're playing against the Cubs. You lose game one to the Cubs, eight to seven. Um, yeah, in a slugfest, the, the wind yeah. was going about 15 to 20 miles per hour, dead center to Wrigley. Uh, there was a couple home runs that yesterday should have been probably routine Top fly balls. balls. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy Teles hit one off the, probably with the label, the inside of his bat, and it went out of there, and that's how it was, and they lost the slugfest. And it's not looking very promising in the bottom of the 11th here. Uh, Cubs have a runner on third. With only one out, uh, so we'll see if they can get out of this. Um, but but the good news is for the Brewers is that Josh Hader is doing everything he can for the Padres to to, uh, to help the Brewers get into the wild card. He blew a, gave up three more runs in the ninth last night for the Padres. So the Brewers sit just one game back of the wild card, and they're four games back of the Cardinals currently. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, we talked about the Cardinals losing two out of three to the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals have lost since that game on Saturday they're, to Cardinals. They're on a heater. Yeah. So it's it's tough. I mean, you're trying to keep pace with it. So that's why these series against the Cubs. And I get it. You, you know, you, you, you it's hard to go in and say, we got to sweep. We got to sweep. But, man, when, when you're playing against the Cubs, and right now I, I, I want to say I read that they're eight and, or six and eight versus the Cubs this year. It, that's terrible. The Cubs have won the last eight of their 11, so they are playing well. And in, in coming into this series, you know, they, they're not playing for anything, but I, I guarantee you coming into this year, you know, the Brewers, the Brewers have been a, si- a pain in their side for the last couple of years. They want to do whatever they can to push the Brewers back. Um, yeah. You know, the Brewers beat them in 163 in 2018. Um, they dominated them last year. I, I think they won like 12 of 15, something like that, something crazy. So the, the Cubs want to beat the Brewers. Um, the only thing I can really say about the Brewers, I don't want to get deep into this because we got other important stuff to talk about today, but the Brewers play down to the level and I, they do. The, 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 of the team they're playing. I mean, they're. I think they said yesterday in the games against teams that they've played that are over 500, they're three games over 500. So the Brewers have held their own against good yeah. teams, yeah. but that means they're only four or five games over 500 against teams that are under 500. So they just they play to their level. Um you know, their games are always going to be close because they have the pitching, but they're so streaky offensively that it, there's going to be games that they lose one to nothing, they lose two to nothing, and then the, the really frustrating part is when you lose the games 8-7 or 10-8 to because it's like, okay, our offense actually showed up today. And that's, that was, I was just going to say, a sign of a, 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 a bad team is when you lose games 8-7, to when you score the kind of runs that you do, and you lose games 2-1. to Now, granted, today it was... It was two to one until the eighth, until Adamas hit the whole two run home run, and now it's five to five. But it's gone in extra innings. But you had yeah. a chance to win three two. You did, exactly. you did. Williams couldn't get out of it through forty pitches, and you know now he's he's probably done for the series. So that's that's tough too. Um, but you know they still they still have a chance to to win. But it just seems with this team, every time you want to write them off, they they do something like oh, and you can kind of see it, but. Man, they just they they're not moving guys over. They're not doing making the right play. You see the Yelich play um, in the tenth. You know, guys not going to run on a sack fly, and you you drop the ball on the transfer. No like reason. it's just it's it's bad baseball. It just it just seems like every time the Brewers make a mistake right now, the other team is pouncing on it, and every time the other team makes a mistake, the Brewers you know they maybe do it. 30% of the time, 40% of the time, which is normal for baseball. Usually teams aren't going to capitalize off every mistake, but for the Brewers, they seem everything right now because, I mean, Freddie Peralta's home run that he gave up today, and Freddie pitched well. It wasn't a terrible pitch. It was down in the zone. Didn't move a whole lot, but it was down in the zone, and Contreras just hit it out. Yeah, golfed it And, and the, the pitch that Williams made magical to tie the game in the ninth, it, it, I mean, he hit it off the handle. Yeah. You know, it was a good pitch. It's just... He, he put it in play. And yeah, I was just gonna say, put the ball in play, and let, you know, you, you gotta see what you gotta see what happens. You just gotta put the ball in play. So it's tough. I mean, they gotta, you know, they're really trying to keep this. Um, you you can feel it kind of slipping away from them, though. Um, yeah, the wild card. They actually have made some 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 ground some ground on the wild card, but man, if you if you, you really need that bad. division. Oh, there's an out. That was that a big was, play. At, that was played at home. Willie Thomas just threw out. Yeah, that was a nice play. Who is that? Is that Suzuki? I think uh, he threw out. I don't know who it is, but he threw somebody out at home to keep it five-five. There's gonna be two outs in the bottom. Ooh, that was wisdom. Um, so that's 
this game looks like it's going to continue. There's still a guy going to be in first, but isn't over yet. Um, moving on from the Brewers here, uh, let's do our quick teams update again. I chose the New York Mets to watch out for. Michael chose the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, quick Mets update. They went 2-1 last weekend against the Phillies. Um, played pretty well in Sunday Night Baseball. They took control of the Phillies very well. Uh, and then they, they went to Atlanta. Uh, they lost the series 1-3 in a competitive series against the Braves. Um, but either way it is, they still lead the Braves by four games, and the Braves lead the wild card by eight and a half. So the Mets are getting in the playoffs, whether it's the wild card, whether it's division. I think it's going to be the division. But either way, going to the playoffs, I feel good about them just because, I mean, their pitching is so good. I did tell you, though, you're, the Braves are going to catch you're them You're going to go division. into a series with Scherzer and DeGrom as your one-two. Not a lot of teams are going to have anybody that's going to match up better. Braves are winning that division. They're, they're a very good baseball team, and oh, absolutely they are. the Mets are going to collapse. I'm telling you right now. And, and speaking of the Braves, what they've done has been really impressive, signing all these guys to long-term, pretty team-friendly deals. Guys like Acuna, uh, Ozzy Elvis. Um, I believe they just signed Michael Harris, who's a big prospect for them, has played pretty well for them, uh, to a long-term deal. He was their most recent one. But then they also have Matt Olson, who's been an all-star multiple times. I mean, what the Braves are doing is exactly what small market teams want to do, and I think you're going to see more in baseball. Um, the Rays just did it with Wander Franco. He played one year, and then they signed him to a 13-year, you know, $207 million deal. Whereas these guys go from making, you know, barely $100,000 a year to you know, millions and millions. They're, they're not going to turn it down, and especially in small markets, they want to do it because this is how they keep guys from going to the Dodgers and the Yankees and all those big markets. Yeah, definitely. And those, those contracts, um, you're not going to be trading those guys away uh, because those franchises don't want to be paying, you know, a hundred, two hundred million dollars for the rest of that contract. So it, it it definitely benefits the team that's signing the player. Yeah, and, and it is a little bit of a gamble because you don't know sure how this guy's going to be. Sure there. The Pirates have done that as well. They did it with um, Cabrian Hayes. He's another guy. They signed him to a, I believe it was like a seven-year, seventy-million-dollar deal, which I mean, Probably. ultimately. It could be a very good deal for them. O'Neill Cruz might be on that yeah, list. O'Neill Cruz might come on that list as well. But He's... I think you're going to see this more in baseball, just because it's an easy way for small market teams to keep their guys in uniforms for longer than those six those six service years. Yep. Um, Michael, how are the what's what's the outlook on the Blue Jays? Blue Jays won four in a row. Uh, they won Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So they won today against the Yankees. They've they've cut the lead to seven games. Um, you know, in the division or the get the are, deficit to the Yankees are struggling. Do you know time. what the Do you know what the Yankees' record is in the last eighteen games? I mean, they've got to be you know two and eight in the last ten. They're three and fifteen yeah, in good. their last eighteen games. But I mean, they were so far ahead. Oh, they're, they were, and no, and I get it. But you you don't want to be no. You, we, we you've seen it with teams, and you always say it. You don't want to back in going into the playoffs, and they have time to right the ship. But right now, it is not good. And the Brewers just lost. That is game. Um, just fell in the eleventh inning. The Cubs. Wilson Contreras, of course, Mr. Walk Off. But hey, you know what? He's seeing a bunch of pitches outside. And what does he do? He goes to right field with it. Have you seen a Brewer do that lately? It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. But, you know, fly the W, I guess. Uh, by the way, too, there is another uh, there is another John Boy media breakdown of Aaron Boone going after an umpire getting ejected. So if you haven't checked that out, we talked about it in the last pod. That you definitely want to check those out. His new one's just as good as the other one, so definitely check that out. But anyways, Michael, the Blue Jays... 
Yeah, Blue Jays, like I said, um, currently the number two team in the wild card. Um, so they're, they're, they, um, they lost two out of three to the Orioles, but now uh, winning three straight um, against the Yankees, and they won against the Orioles game uh, three of that series to avoid getting swept. So right now they're, they are playing um, pretty, some pretty good baseball. So, um, it you looks know, like the Yankees lost at eight too. I just saw that scrolling the bottom. Yeah, box. yeah, they they did. The Yankee, the, the Blue Jays are playing the Yankees, so that's okay. yeah, that's who they yeah, lost I, to. I don't think the Yankees lose that division. Um, no, I, I don't either. I don't either. Um, so yeah, they're the number two wild card team. Um, I want to say, was it the Mariners that were the number one wild card yep, team right now? Well. I want, yep, I want to say it's the Mariners. Um, and then they're a game behind the Mariners, so they're they are playing well. Um, yeah, Mariners, Blue Jays, Rays right now. Okay, so I mean, it sounds like both our, our teams are they're going to be in the thick of a of a playoff race and maybe even a pennant race. So. But it's been good for baseball. But like I said, we don't want to talk a whole lot of baseball today, so we will move on. We'll head over to golf here. So let's talk a little golf here real quick. Let's recap last week. TPC Southwind in Memphis uh, went to a playoff. Uh, Will Zalatoris and Seth Straka. Um, Will Zalatoris made a, a big putt on 18 to keep his lead, or, or I should say stay tied. And then Straka also parred 18. Um, and then they went into a playoff. It was kind of an odd playoff. You could tell some nerves were going on because um, I want to say they both parred 18 the first time they played it. The second time they play it, they both bogeyed. And then... Straka was almost in the water and Zalatoris was in the woods on the opposite side. On yes. The, on the second time they played 18. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah Straka was in the hazard line. He yep. was in the hazard I mean, line. He, he put his foot in the water. Yeah, he, he, getting he ready did. To get out of the water. He did. He took his shoe off. Um, and then they go play, 11? they go play, I uh, was 11 or 12, it was par three. Yep, the island hole. Yep. And so, Zalatoris hits his, um, it, now it's a front, front right pin, it's tucked, and, uh, I should say back right pin, and it's, it's, it's tucked. And, um, Zalatoris leaves it short, comes back, and there's some rocks there, bounces three or four times on the rock. Defied, defied physics. Yeah, and we'll stays and stays in between the rocks and the grass, but had to kind of hit up on it. So Straka comes up. All you got to do is play it left of the green, left of the hole. Within 40 feet of the hole, left, yeah. and you're fine. You could have put it in the bunker. Yeah, and I, I think he also took an extra club and clearly didn't hit it well. Put it in the water. Well, this is a guy who's won before, too. So, yeah. I mean, he knows what it takes to yeah, win he a tournament. The Honda. But uh, he puts it in the water, too. He puts it in the water. So then he goes to the drop zone, hits it out of there, puts it in the bunker, and now it's Zell Torres' shot. Well, Zell Torres was technically uh, closer to the hole, so Straka's got to hit again, left it probably five feet for double bogey. So now if you're Zell Torres, he wanted to play a shot. Um, but why? Yeah. Because so, 
because the thing is out of course at the risk of if he hits a shot very well could just bounce off the grass go back in the water exactly that's the way it was wedged i don't know what he was gonna do so he made the right decision his caddy talked to him which was crazy because caddy this was his first week with the new caddy uh goes back to the drop zone i think he had like 90 95 yards um sticks it probably seven feet makes it for bulky and wins the tournament you know that's the thing Basically, you're playing match play once once you're in a playoff, so it really doesn't matter, you know, what your score is as long as you beat the other guy's score. So congratulations, Zell Torres. He's now off the list of the uh, best players who haven't won yet. What so, are you gonna say now? Exactly. What are you gonna say now? And he's he's from Cal. He's he's from that San Francisco. He went to um, Wake Forest. Yeah. So he he he, uh, he clearly is a uh, a fan of of Steph Curry. So. Um, Congratulations to him, you know. I'm glad I'm glad he was able to win. I, I like his game. Um, it's a little interesting with the putter on those short putts, but he made he made some big putts down the stretch and, and won the tournament. Now he's number one in the FedEx. Yeah, I mean, Straka, it was just it was just crazy. It's like all you got to do is put it in a you know forty foot window left of the pin and, and you win the tournament. Now Strack is still in this week, so it didn't hurt him too bad, but it, it was just crazy, you know that. Even pros can do stuff where it's like, hey, I just need to hit it here. And then you I was put just it nowhere say, here. Now, Zalatoris' line, when he hit that on 11, I'm like, that's water. Like, the <laughs> second he hit that, I'm like, what are you doing? And yeah. it, I still don't know how it didn't go in yeah. the water. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. And here's the thing. If you get nervous when you're playing through uh, on your group, if you're listening to this pod, and, you're, and you get nervous playing through your group, don't worry about it. Because these professionals get nervous, too. Because there's no way that Straka didn't play to the left of the hole, middle of the green, two putt. He must have hit it off the toe. He, he clearly didn't hit it well. And that's all nerves. That's all nerves. So congratulations to Zell Torres. Um, this, I, I do like Willie Z. Yeah. He, he, oh, he's, he's a good guy. Like, he's he's going to be around for a while. Oh, yeah. He's, he's American. Yep, he's fun to watch. Um, this week, uh, top 70 in the FedEx uh, made it to the BMW Championship. Um, which is on the south course at uh, Wilmington, Delaware. It's Wilmington Country Club. Um, so there's no cut this week. No cut there's this week. That's correct. No cut this week. Um, was a quite a lush uh, golf course the first couple days. Um, today I was watching um, in the 90s. Uh, greens were getting brown and crusty, starting to get fast. So usually when that happens, that's when you see the discrepancy in scores. So the guys that are playing well are shooting four, five, six under around. The guys who are not, like my boy Justin Thomas, shot four on four over today. Um, Will Wyndham Clark uh, was eleven over through his first two rounds. So um, so <coughs> tough, tough golf out there. Um, I saw Siwoo Kim was, I want to say, six over through his first five holes on Thursday. So clearly it was a difficult golf course. But now top 30, top 30 will make it uh, in the FedEx. FedEx will make it to uh, the Tour Championship at East Lake. Um, so right now your leader is Cantlay at 12. You've got uh, Shoffley and Stallings at 11. So I'm not sure how they finished. I'm, I'm assuming Stallings finished before Shoffley, so he'll probably play with Cantley tomorrow. Um, and then uh, Scheffler uh, will play with um, Shoffley. And then um, Scott and Morikawa uh, will play. Um, so 
I want to say seven under, so five back. So top top uh, thirteen guys are are seven or within five strokes. So it should be some good golf tomorrow, and you know it is some of the top top players out there. So it it really will be some good golf tomorrow to watch. Yeah, and there is some guys in the you know in, within those five strokes that we talked about that do need to place well to get in the next week. You know, Definitely. there's only thirty people being taken in the next week for the Tour Championship at East Lake. Um, you know, a guy you, you mentioned like Adam Scott. He he's been a very good golfer for a long time. He's outside of it right now. If he doesn't place yep. well, I believe he came in. He came in ranked forty fifth in the FedEx Cup, um, in the FedEx Cup ranking. So he has to play well. He has played well. So now he's just got to put it together. Yep, for, he's put for himself. The four rounds. He's, he's put himself in a good position to to make it to East Lake. Now remember at East Lake, uh, the top the top seed, I guess you could say, or the the leader in the FedEx point will start out at ten under. Um, second place will be eight under, then it goes seven, six, all the way down. And I want to say the last either five or ten spots are going to start at even. So that's the advantage that they get. So this uh, this still does mean a lot because going to East Lake, you're going to have a good start. Um, yeah, and I do like that because I think I don't think it's fair that if you know I'm number one in the year the whole time and you're you're fortieth and squeaky you're into being the 29th of FedEx Cup and we show up even, then you play better than me. But I played better the whole year. You know, it, it's yeah. not just this tournament. It, yeah. it, it's based off of the whole year, which I think is they just changed that what within five years. Yeah. So I, I, I like how they do that. Um, I think it's you know, it, it helps you find the best golfer of the year. Right. Right. And going into next uh, week at East Lake, um, definitely one thing that I love about the Tour Championship. You know, when 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 you hit the FedEx Cup playoffs, you're playing some different courses. I love like the Masters. Um, East Lake uh, Tour Championship. You're playing the same course every time, so you're seeing the same um, shot. I love that in a course because it, um, not only is it going to be the same type of guys, it's it's iconic because you can remember the same type of shots that they've hit. Yep. Um, if you can remember back uh, 2012 when uh, Bill Haas hit the shot on 17 out of the out of the water, um, those are some really cool things. I believe it was 17, maybe it was 18. Um, but those are those are the cool things that you get to see over and over and over again. Um, so some guys to watch out next week. Um, Justin Thomas always plays well at East Lake. Xander Shockley always plays well at East Lake. Cantlay won it last year. Rory's won there multiple times. So those are those are some good guys to to be watching out for. Yeah. So let's talk about our DraftKings for for last week. I just snuck in made. Put in a quarter like I always do. I made fifty cents. I just snuck in literally within the last couple of holes. Um, did did you place at all last week? I did. I did. I put in a dollar one four. Um, so it was it was a good it was a good finish. Uh, good finish for 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 that DK. Yeah. So for this week, um, looking at my lineup here, my my, my lowest price golfer at sixty one hundred. I, I took I took a risk at sixty one hundred. I mean that's not very high up there. Um, I took Lucas Glover. He had, he tied for third at St. Jude to get into this week. So, I mean, you could tell that he was playing well. He, the course is a longer course, and he does hit the hit the long ball. That's what he's known for. Um, and he just needs to sink pucks like last week. Doesn't look like he's going to get in. Uh, he came in on week ranked 35 in the FedEx Cup. Um, shot three over day one, and then he was just even, even. Um, so it really hasn't hurt me this week, but didn't do anything right. great. Um, he always had some birdies, but he's pretty much evened himself out. Uh, if you want to talk about your lowest price golfer. Yeah, so my lowest one, I did two DKs, but one uh, is so far down because 
with no cut, and when you picked Will Zalatoris, who got hurt today, um, so we didn't get any holes from him. Well, and, and the other thing that hurts you is that it puts his placing down. So he went from being tied 30th and us getting about five points to yeah. zip. Zero. Um, right. Before Will Zalatoris withdrew, I was making money. I was at about 4000 and since he withdrew, I mean, my other guys didn't play well today, but I dropped to 17000 right. literally with a snap of the finger. Right. So my lowest guy um, in my DK was uh, Keegan Bradley. Um, he was 7200 was the leader in the round. I was making probably 30 bucks at one point. Um, I was in like 60th place out of 40 something. You can never get excited on Thursday no, you or can't. Friday. And, and, I sent, and honestly, even in golf Saturday, when you I, start getting excited about Sunday when I you're know, on the back. And I sent it in the chat. I sent it in the chat Thursday morning. I'm like, hopefully... Hopefully this runs long. I'm not even making any money right now. I'm close to making money, but I'm not any right now. So, yeah, Keegan Bradley uh, came out, shot 7 under, followed up with a 74-3 over, then a 73-2 over. So he's at 2 under currently, um, not playing very well. Not ha ha hasn't made any putts. Is he not going to make these like uh, he, he's, he's right on the fringe, okay. uh, but he's got a long ways to go. It's just he's got too, too far to go, so I don't think he's going to be. Yeah, so the next guy I took was Cam Davis. Uh, I took him last week. He'd been playing really, really, really well. He was 7600 this week, so again, just a really cheap price. Uh, he was playing pretty well until today. He shot a 269 on Thursday, then a 67 on Friday. It was 600. I believe he came in within the – it was either at two top 10 or inside. Yeah. Yeah, so, two, I mean, two, two he, he was right there. Yep. Um, but like we talked about today with the conditions, and just he was a guy who didn't play well. He ended up shooting four over, so he's at – Two under. He came into the week fifty first in the FedEx Cup, so it doesn't look like Cam yeah, Davis is going to make, make it, it to next week. Mm -hmm. um, but a, a younger guy, uh, he's from Australia. He he played well. He had a good season. I mean, to make it to the second round of the playoffs. Um, oh yeah. And like I said, the last you know four four or five tournaments he's been he's building. the top twenty five. He's so building. I think a year he's going to be proud of and, and a, something to build off of. For he's going to be a guy that you're going to start watching out for in majors the next couple of years. Um, just a guy that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of mistakes. I don't know. He might be contending on that President's Cup team coming up in Wells Fargo. Yep. So tomorrow's still a big, big day for him to play well. Uh, my uh, next golfer was Sahith Thigala. Um, I took him for 7,300. Um, shot one over day one and then followed up with three under, two under. So he's at four under for the tournament. He is very close to the to the top 30, um, so we'll, we'll have to see. He needs a good day tomorrow, but, um, you know, one of those guys who's who's in that Rookie of the Year talk with Cam Young, um, so we'll, we'll see where Sahith uh, finishes tomorrow. And he's kind of an interesting guy because he, you know, the start of the year he didn't do much, and then all of a sudden he just kind of came out of nowhere and started getting, you know, runner-ups at tournaments, had chances to win some, yeah. so just an interesting guy. Uh, the next guy I took was Adam Scott at 8,000. He's just another one of those guys who, I mean, he's he's won majors in the past. I don't know if he ever won more than the Masters. I think that might have been his only That's one. That's only one. But was the number one player in the world at one point. And he's got a players. He, yep, he's got a players. So a guy who he isn't at his top of his game like he was, you know, 10 years ago, but another one of those guys that is just consistent. Very Doesn't consistent. really seem to hurt himself. Mm -hmm. uh, he currently six, sits at 10 under. Uh, he came in the week at 46 in the FedEx Cup, so definitely knew he had something to play for yep. uh, and, and he's playing well he, he was tied for the tied for the lead going into today he was the leader going into today and Not didn't one. play bad today shot two under um, on Thursday shot two under and on uh, Thursday he shot six 
six under. So, yeah. he's, so he's so two he, back right now. He's playing well in... He'll be one of the last three groups. He's playing well. He's going to have a very good yep. chance of playing next weekend. And uh, he has finished in the top ten before in the FedEx Cup. So another guy who knows the pressure. Yep. I also picked Scott. Um, so uh, my next guy was uh, Spieth at 8,800. Um, shot three under, four under to start the... Um, start the week was one back, so I was looking good at eight under and seven under with Scott and Spieth, and then today he threw up seventy four. So he's now four under. Um, obviously needs a good day tomorrow, um, but you know just he can get streaky like that. I just he didn't hit the ball that well today, you know. And just when you're not making stuff on the greens and not giving yourself good looks, it's just kind of whole hum realm. Yeah, uh, you know, the game is a lot more fun when Jordan's playing well, but, I mean, there's definitely some, some days where he's not good, but then there's tournaments where he just comes out of nowhere. It's like you haven't heard from him in a month, and then he just comes out and wins. Uh, the next guy that I took was Johan Kim, or Tom Kim, Yes. they say. Yes. Uh, he was 9,000. He'd been playing really, really, really well. Uh, not really his tournament. He, he went even-even, then today he shot three over. Uh, he came in being ranked 26th in the FedEx Cup. He... Uh, Tied for 13th last week, so he's playing well, but just hasn't hasn't done it. He won the Wyndham Championship a couple weeks ago, but just hasn't been his weekend. and looks like he's just going to miss out. Um, but just another young guy that's kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, he he actually wasn't going to be he wasn't eligible for the for the FedEx Cup um, until he won the last tournament. Because uh, if you win, you automatically yep. get in. So um, I picked Sam Burns at 9,300. Uh, shot two under, two under, one under, so he's played under par every day. The thing with Burns is he's, he was, um, I want to say he was at six or seven a couple different times, so he's getting up there and then he's just coming back. So he, he's not, you know, his rounds, he's having some good rounds and then they just kind of flatten out on him. Um, so, I mean, obviously, like I said, it's a tough course. But so. a guy you'll definitely see next weekend. Yes, yes, he um, will be playing next weekend. Yeah, so my last two guys that I took, the first one was Sun J M at 9,100. Uh, just playing really hot right now. Just a good golfer. He's got a, a good name. Um, he was a runner-up to Tony Finau at the 3M and then the, the runner-up at the Wyndham as well. Uh, he was 11th at FedEx, FedEx Cup coming in, so we'll definitely see him next yeah. week. Um, and being at 11th, and he's tied for 10th right now. I mean, he should have a pretty decent pretty decent score to start, to start yeah. with. Uh, and then the other guy I took was Will Zalatoris. Uh, we talked about him already. It's going to be interesting to see if he's able to play next week. Yeah. Um, you know, backs can be tricky. So that he might wake up tomorrow and feel fine. He might wake up tomorrow and not be able to get. Yeah, him. I don't so, know what that's going to you know because he backs out of it. How far is that going to move him down uh, the the cup list because he's not even you know he's not even getting any any points this week. Well, uh, I I believe he can't go. What what Rob told was he couldn't go lower than. Gotcha. Okay, so, so he'll be up there. I, I, I'm guessing if you win a FedEx Cup yeah. playoff event, you're yeah. pretty much set. Right. Um, but like right. I said, I don't know how they do the points. Right. Uh, but Zell Torres, if he's able to, will definitely be there next week. Yep. And my last uh, last golfer was Morikawa. Um, shot four under uh, on Thursday, one over on Friday, and then uh, today was six under, so he moved all the way up to nine under. So he's T6 right now. Um, so he's definitely... Um, he's definitely playing well and has a chance tomorrow. Only three back. Um, you're one of the, you know, you're in the last three groups out there, so he'll have a chance tomorrow and just kind of see where he is. Um, he's he's 
really been struggling, but he's starting to kind of figure something out. Uh, the putter's a lot, lot better. Um, so I, I like Morikawa. Hopefully he plays well tomorrow. Yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see who who, uh, who gets in for next week, and we'll definitely talk that on the next pod, you know, the Tour Championship being the last tournament of the year, um, and just the FedEx Cup playoffs. It, it's a fun event and something that they, they've really turned into something that guys want to play for in the yep. last couple of years. Um, but with that, I mean, that's pretty much it for golf. I, I am feeling very confident to say I'm not going not gonna to place this week with the Wills Ale Tours withdraw. Um, Michael has a chance, but uh, we will we'll move on to the main event of this episode being college football. just around the corner. We talked about it on the last episode. This was going to be a mainly a college football podcast. Um, being Wisconsin fans that we are, we're going to talk the Badgers first to start. Um, the Badgers come in the year, they're coming off a year of 94 last year for head coach Paul Chris. Uh, they're ranked 18. I don't know about you, I feel like that's kind of more of just kind of like, it's Wisconsin, so we're going to rank them. I, I, I don't know if they truly deserve to be ranked, uh, but that's what they're ranked. Um, a little bit different of an offseason for the Badgers, brought in some some Coaching changes. Uh, Bobby Ingram from the Baltimore Ravens is the new offensive yep, coordinator, uh, replacing longtime OC Joe Rudolph. Uh, so, Michael, what are your what are your overall what are your first thoughts on the Badgers this year? I mean, great. You know, I think basically, you know, they they're going to have a good team. They got a great DC in Jim Leonard, so you know the defense is going to be there. Um, they got good D line. Um, they got the the linebackers on the outside. I think their front four with Benton, Keanu Benton, um, Mullins, um, and then Herbig on the side, and I believe that C.J. Getz is going to get some time on the other um, on the other side of that three four. Um, I, I, their their front seven is good. It's really just secondary, you know, secondary where it's going to be. Um, they still have good safety in Tor Tor Check Torico Torico something like that, John, um, but. You know, we'll just have to kind of see where they're at. You know, it, their defense is always always going to be there. They're a top 20 defense year in, year out. So, um, you know, I, I, I obviously think they're going to be fine. It's really just what their, what their offensive game plan is going to be and if there's a little more creativity um, in the play calling. Yeah, and, and just to, to note about their defense, um, that secondary that's supposed to be kind of like the weak part of them, they did reload the secondary, not through recruiting, through the transfer portal. They picked up um, an all second-team all Pac-12 player, uh, Jay Shaw from UCLA, who's expected to be a big player for them. Uh, Toledo transfer Justin Clark, and then they the safety's probably safety position is probably their biggest concern. Um, they picked up a transfer from Utah, Kamaui Leitu. Yes, how you say his name. That that was a big pickup. Then they picked him up after spring. So I want to say later. he played uh, with Herbig okay. in in high school up in Hawaii. So. Um, that you know, that uh, camaraderie between those two, um, just the knowledge of the game. I'm sure Herbig was big in um, in recruiting him to come to Wisconsin. Yeah, so the, the secondary definitely going to be interesting. Um, they, you know, they have some talent back there. Another guy that I think is going to get some time is Hunter Bowler uh, from Muskego. He was a four-star recruit coming in a couple of years ago. He's seen a little bit of action in his first two years, but I think he'll definitely go a little more time. Um, offensively, like you said. It, was the biggest challenge last year. Uh, I think the offense has definitely gotten stale 
and I think it'll be interesting to see what Bobby Ingram can bring this team. Um, you know, he was a main reason why Caleb Williams was considering coming to Wisconsin. Yeah. Just some of that creativity. So I, I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. Um, the last two years, they've averaged just 25 points per game, which, you know, the really good bad teams of the past have probably been up in the 30s. Yeah. I mean, there was games where they were running teams up, uh, up to 70 points in multiple times throughout the year. So the offense is definitely a, has been a problem. I think um, they started to figure it out once they uh, Malusi got hurt. Not that Malusi was bad, but once once they uh, went to Allen, it just really started uh, humming for him and, and you know making sense. Um, you know, obviously losing a guy like Jake Ferguson is going to be tough. You know, Wisconsin's very good with their uh, tight ends, so hopefully Hayden. Hayden Rucci, rookie, um, is going to be um, going to be a, a, a big uh, target for Mertz. Um, but really, it's what what can you find out on the on the edge? You know, uh, do you have playmakers that can can uh, can make some plays? So well, we'll and, see. And two other tight ends that I think you're gonna they're gonna look at really in the passing game is uh, Clay Condiff is a guy he, he had a big catch against Notre Dame last year, and then also is uh, Jack Eisenbach. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a six six target, so a big dude. But I think a lot of the success for for the Badgers' offense, their offensive line is always good. It's going to come down to Graham Mertz. I mean, this this is Graham Mertz was the biggest recruit quarterback wise to ever come to Wisconsin. He he was talked about as one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. Um, and it's his third year now. He hasn't lived up to what he was supposed to be. But a lot of times, Wisconsin quarterbacks they don't even start till their third year. He started as a freshman. Uh, last year, he's coming off a year where he had 10 touchdowns, 11 yeah, interceptions, uh, yeah. four fumbles lost, and only 59% completion percentage. So, had a hard time taking care of the ball. And um, he did show some promise at the end of the year. He, The last five games, his completion percentage went up to 66%, had seven touchdowns and only four picks. Um, and had good games against some pretty good defenses in Arizona State and also Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, definitely some stuff to build on. But, but what's your outlook on Graham Mertz this year? Uh, I, I think he's he's going into that role where he's going to have to start being a leader. Um, he's going to have to start uh, turning this thing around and showing that he is the recruit that they got. And I think that that could be the the thing with Ingram is, um, you know, I, I get that. I get that, um, you know, sometimes in a guy who's struggling, you don't want to put the, you know, give him the keys and just let him run wild. But I feel like with Mertz, you you have a guy that when his confidence is high, he feels like he can do more things and he's going to play better for you. So I think if you have some guys on the edges, obviously you got your DK. Um, I think that Skylar Bell is going to start making some plays for him on the outside. Um, I think if, if you start um, seeing some success early, I mean, you think about it. When he had that game against Illinois, his first game, he threw for five touchdowns, had one incompletion. What happened the next week? He got COVID. He got COVID. So I think, you know, that confidence was really high there. Um, and then it just fell off. And obviously, he had a very tough schedule last year. A couple good defenses. You know, he played... He had a stretch where he was playing Penn State, Michigan, and uh, Notre Dame. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if it was in that exact order, but those were three of the four uh, teams, the first four teams that they played, uh, were all very good defenses. And the Badgers started one and three. They, they lost to Penn State at Lambeau. I believe it was at Lambeau. 
Um, and then they, no, Notre Dame was at Lambeau. No, they lost. Yes, they no. lost to Penn State. Then they went. They went and played Notre Dame at Lambeau. At, yes. And then they lost to Michigan week four. They, they got a win in between their summer. Was that game at Lambeau or was it at uh, Soldier Field? I thought it was at Lambeau. Okay. It, it, it wasn't at. It, it was right. a neutral site. Right. Um, but I mean, the thing is about Mertz. It, it's your third year now. I think it's kind of your put up or shut up moment. I mean, yeah. he, he talks a big game. Like he says, "Well, I feel like I should be playing better." Well, now's the time to do it. I yeah. Mean, this is your third year. You should be used to the pressure of being the starting quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers now. Correct. Um, you know, he he's got a good offensive line in front of him. He's just got to take care of the ball, which he really really struggled with last year. Um, yeah, fifteen turnovers isn't. That's way too many. Correct. Way too many. Um, and then. The one thing is they, they, they don't have a whole lot of weapons that we're aware of in terms of receiver. You know, losing Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, Jake Ferguson, they're all gone. Guys got to step up. Shamiri DK's got to be the guy. He, he's, the only, he's the only guy that has more than three catches yeah. in his whole career. Yeah. So it's going to be a brand new catch for him. Um, there, there's been a lot of talk that the chemistry between him and his receiving core has been good. Um, but as we all know, Wisconsin's talked about his running back. You, I think last year was kind of a weird year for running backs. Um, you know, Braylon Allen had over 1,200 yards, didn't really touch the ball for the first five games. Yeah, no, um, I, I totally agree. And like Ches, I said, that's when Wisconsin started figuring it out. And, and, and Ches Malusi's not a bad running back, so to have no. him back from his torn ACL to kind of, you know, split split with Allen a little bit. Because Allen got beat up towards the end of the year as well last year just because he was the only guy touching the ball. Yeah. Um, then I think the other guy that people are forgetting about is Isaac Narendo. I mean, yes. I, he had a very, He's very a speedster. Yeah, we went. I don't know. I think it was when I, I went to the game against Army. I believe it was. He broke off for a long seventy-yard touchdown run, um, and then he kind of just got hurt in the weirdest way. He, he someone stepped on his foot in warm-ups against Illinois, tore a ligament in his foot, and he was done yeah. for the year. Yeah. So to have that, to have that three, you know, that three-headed monster in the backfield is big for them. And I think another guy that you're also going to see making some touches is Julius Davis. He was a three-star. Running back out of Menominee Falls in 2019. Yep. Got some carries last year, um, but I think, you know, Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi are going to be the one, two, and then Isaac Rendo is going to get a lot of touches. And Brady Shippard, well. he's, he's in there every once in a while, yep. too. So so he will he will get some stuff. He, he's he's more of a receiving back, um, you know, but the, the, the cupboard is not dry. Um, I would say there, there's more. There's more questions on defense as in star players, but as uh, a you, unit. You're losing 8 of 11 stars. From as a unit, there is another Sanborn that's going to be out there, yeah. um, his younger brother. So, you know, hopefully those guys can, can um, you know, come out and ball out. And, and you, you, have a, you have a great defensive coordinator in Jim Leonard. Yeah. So I, I think Wisconsin, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult schedule, but I think they're going to um, – you know, stay in that top 25 range all year. Yeah, we'll go through the schedule just a bit here. Uh, and just to build off, we talked about Nick Herbig a little bit. Uh, he had nine sacks last year, so he looks to build off of that. Um, we said C.J. Gatson, he's a fifth-year senior. He's supposed to be their best run stopper. Um, and I think two other guys you're going to see that are going to make, you know, have some big years are going to be their, their former four-star athletes out of high school are T.J. Bowlers and Caden Johnson. They're expected to have big years as well. Um, and just here's a stat of how good the Badgers were last year defensively. Um, they held opponents without a first down or a touchdown on 46% of the drives last year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the highest rate in the FBS. In the FBS, I don't know if it's going to be that good this year. Right. But, I mean, it, the, the defense was unreal last year, and kind of the reason that they won nine games, they won a bowl game. And you would watch Wisconsin last year, and you would think a couple times that this offense would just do move something. Yeah. the ball. Not, I mean, 
yeah, you want them to score every possession, but even just move the ball and take a little bit of a pressure off that defense, and they, and they just they couldn't. And once they started to, you look at the game against Iowa, they dominated Iowa last year. And Iowa ended up making it to the to the Big Ten championship. Well, and it's that meme. It's that meme of uh, the person with the stick poking poking the badge off and saying like, "Hey, you know, do something." Yeah. Um, it just it, it wasn't a fun it wasn't a fun offense yeah, to watch. It was, which, it was a tough watch. Um, but we'll you know I it, it can only get better you would think, uh, but but we will see. So we'll go through their schedule here. Um, they open up week one in a non-conference battle at home against Illinois State. I mean. You shouldn't think the Bears should have any trouble against Illinois State. No. They're not a big FBS team. I don't think we have to talk a whole lot about them. I would expect them to win that game pretty handily and go 1-0. and um, Week 2. Week 2 is an interesting one at home against Washington State. Uh, you are actually going to that yes, game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, Washington, Washington State um, game? You know, Washington State is most likely going to be starting at quarterback uh, Cam Ward, um, who is out of... Uh, Sam Houston State, so he is coming from the SCS level, uh, F, sorry, FCS level, and like last year, I mean, he they sling it everywhere, so that could be a that could be a, an underrated game. You know, you're not thinking of Washington State as being a um, a team that's you know that you're you're scared of next year, but I I think Washington State. Um, is better than than most teams or most people are giving them this year. So I think that that will be a tough game. I think I think it's a very good game. Well, Washington State's not like the Washington State of you know ten years ago, where they're you know they were they were just not a, not even a whole team. Mike Leach went to that program, he built them up, turned uh, around, had some yeah. really good years, and he's been gone for a couple of years now. But it, they're still expected to be good. And, and last year they did go through some tough. Uh, well, they had all the drama with, with their, their coach, coach in the in yeah. the vaccine and all that we don't yep. need to get into that but um it still had a decent year and i think it's a good program but it, it's big to have that one at home but i do think the badgers will win that game i think um when just looking at the play styles it's, it's a lot different than the pac-12 i think the badgers will kind of just run them down yeah really control the control the ball yep and wear them up um week three the badgers are at home against new mexico state another game i don't think they're going to have much trouble with um you would hope they wouldn't last year they're not confident games they had a lot more trouble against the, the lower teams than you would thought they would have like yeah. in uh, army i believe it was eastern michigan but you, you would think they would uh so you know they should be three you know if they're not it would probably be the washington state one which i could see them losing but i don't think they will correct uh week four is the is, is the first big game of the year it's at ohio state away um i mean it's ohio state the Bears have always had trouble with ohio state they're they're the best team in the big ten consistently i I think that'll be one that they drop. When you, yeah, that game, that game against Ohio State, that's uh, that's a you pick Ohio State to cover whatever the spread is going to be. Ohio State is absolutely loaded, and well, they are they are cream of the crop. Uh, obviously, the Big Ten, um, but definitely one of my four picks for the uh, for the playoff this year. Well, we just talked about, too, how the Badgers, you know, their weakness right now, or they're kind of unknown on defense, probably going to be their secondary. So, I mean, typically when the Badgers lose big to Ohio State, Ohio State throws all over them. And in the games where the Badgers have played Ohio State, well, they've... They put pressure on the quarterback. Yes, and they've managed that, you know, the passing game. So, that could be the, you know, playing them right away in September, it might be a different result if they played them in December, but they played in September. So right. The, there's, there's nothing you can do about that. So I think they're going to drop that one. I don't think that's I much think of I think that's got to be. If, if Wisconsin comes into that game 3-0 and, and 
Ohio State's three and zero. It's probably going to be that eleven o'clock. Uh, yeah, it's going to be marketed big, as the big noon is, is game. The, is the sh- but, shootout or whatever, but it, it but probably man, is not going to be. I wish free. that was the night game. I wish that there's nothing. There's nothing better than that seven o'clock night game on ABC or maybe at six thirty now. Um, but yeah, that's that's. That's going to be a tough one for Wisconsin. I wouldn't feel much better if it, about it, if it even if it was at home. I wouldn't. Yeah. But, it, um, so it, if they're 3-1 and one going into Illinois on October 1st, I'm going to that game against Illinois at home. I, I would be happy with that. Uh, Illinois obviously has former Badger coach Brett Bielema leading them. Uh, actually had a pretty decent year last year. One of Illinois' better years. They went 5-7. and seven. Uh, Their biggest win total in, the last, in a long time. Yeah. Um, could have made a bowl game, just didn't get in. We're one of the last teams to uh, not get in. Um, you know, they're led by Brett Bielema went up and he picked up Syracuse quarterback Tommy DeVito. He's going to be their quarterback this year. Decent quarterback, a guy who, you know, he's been around for a while. So I think Illinois is going to be kind of the same as last year. Maybe a little bit better. Can maybe get to a 6-6 six and six mark. I just bowl think yeah. when, you're, when you're building in the Big Ten, it, it's hard because yeah. there's no slouches. Every game that you play, I mean, even the Rutgers, even the, the Marylands, I mean, they're, they're not bad teams, so it, it's just hard. Here's the thing. Wisconsin isn't getting to play those two teams. They don't have to play. You know, the, the East, they, I mean, they get to play them, but it, it's, you're not playing them every year. Um, you know, they get Northwestern the, the next week, and Northwestern is one of those teams where they've, you know, Northwestern is not a top-tier program, but Wisconsin always struggles against Northwestern. Yeah, so I expect them to beat Illinois uh, going to the Northwestern game that is at Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern's coming off not a very good year. No. They, they were one of the worst teams in Big Ten. They were 3-9. Um, there isn't a lot of talk that they're going to be much better this year, but like you said, it, Pat Fitzgerald, I think, has – he's kind of maxed out what that program can be. I mean, they were in a Big Ten championship game in 2020. Um but I just think with 2020 was just a different year. Yes, but I but I think with what that school is at, athletically wise, they're not going to get much better than what it what it yeah. has been. Just right. because it's too hard to recruit, you know, those top tier kids when you're such a big in the academic school. Right. Um, I, I do think Wisconsin will win that game. It might be ugly like it always is, um, but I think they should take care of Northwestern. Uh, so going into October 15th is probably their second biggest test of the year. It's away at Michigan State. I have it highlighted yellow as a game they could win, but it's also a game I could easily see them losing. Um, Michigan State last year, one of their best years in a long time. Um, just just a good year. They had Kenneth Walker, who's gone, so that's kind of a question mark. Yeah, that's, who's going to be their running back? Yeah, um, as far as Wisconsin goes, with them losing Kenneth Walker is really going to um, – benefit Wisconsin or benefit any team that's playing Michigan State yeah. this year. Um, but, yeah, they, they, you know, it's a good program. Um, well, they have their quarterback back, Peyton Thorne. I mean, he, was, yeah. he was a big reason for the success, and I believe they have their leading receiver back as well, um, which is a big thing for them. It, it's just who's going to be their running back, but I'm sure they're going to figure that Mel out. Tuck- Michigan State always seems to have good running Mel, backs. Mel Tucker's turned that – not turned the team around, but he's, he's uh, definitely putting them – uh, back on the map when they were struggling a little bit at the end of the Antoni um, era. Yep, and Michigan State, their, their leading pass catcher from last year, Jaden Reed, had an over 1,000-year receiving year and had 10 touchdowns. He is back. So, I mean, that was that was Thorne's leading 
you know, his favorite guy to throw to, he is back, so that's something that the Badgers are going to have to have to deal with. Um, and, and in running backs, a guy that they might see is Jalen Berger. Remember him? Yes. Jalen yes, Berger, he got kicked out of the Wisconsin yes, program for and behavior I, issues. I, I think, he I is think, a good back. It's yes, just, I think that is uh, a little bit of why Wisconsin did struggle when they did last year at the beginning before yep. they found Allen. There was a lot of um, off-the-field issues. Yeah, there was some some stuff going on with them. It was it – was, uh, so good to get him out of the program. You know, good for him to to you know land another spot. You know, obviously hope that he he uh, does well, just not against Wisconsin. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I could see that game going either way. I think that's kind of a coin flip game. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. But like tough said, place to play too. It, it is party. a tough place to play. Um, so if they're five and two after that game, or six and one, six and one is if they would win that game. Five and two if they lose. Even if they're five and two, I think they're still sitting pretty well. Because yep. um, that's not a division opponent either. Right. Right? They're on the other and side. And that would be 0-2 against the other division opponent. Either. Correct. And, I mean, you didn't get an easy Two draw. Right. But, yeah. Right. Um, after Michigan State, it's another tough one. It's going to be Purdue at home. Uh, Purdue's just an interesting team because they're kind of different than a lot of Big Ten teams. They don't focus as much on the running games. They yep, focus more on passing. Yeah. Um, Aiden O'Connell's their cornerback. They lost wide receiver David Bell. But... You know, Brown's done a really good job at Purdue. He's kind of made them from the doormat of the Big Ten to yeah. a, very, a very sizable opponent. I mean, Wisconsin didn't struggle with them last year, so that was, um, you know, that was definitely, you know, something that, uh, you know, when you, when you talk about Ohio State and their passing game, and then you talk about Purdue and their passing game, I think Wisconsin's more built to stop a team like Purdue. Yep. Um, the quarterback is good, but obviously the receivers aren't as good. Whereas Ohio State, it's the receivers and the quarterback, so and probably the offensive line too. So I, I the matchup against Purdue doesn't scare me as much, um, but yeah, it is obviously a different um, you know different type of game. Yeah, and I mean talk about Aiden O'Connell for Purdue, their quarterback. Just I mean listen to this. So against number two Iowa last year, he threw for three hundred seventy-five yards, two touchdowns. Iowa, Iowa's just a team that always has good defense. Yeah. Uh, and then three weeks later against Michigan State, who was ranked number three at the time, threw for 536 yards and three touchdowns. And that was their second top five victory. Yep. So it, it, the guy can sling it. And then even against Ohio State in a loss, which was a shootout, he threw for 386 yards. So they are going to pass a ton. And Aiden O'Connell has been a good quarterback for them. He has, but obviously losing Bell is going to be a yes. big... Yes, yep. it's going to be who are they who are they throwing to. Yeah. Um, so, again, I, I have that as another coin flip game. I, I'm leaning more towards the Badgers because it is at home. So, yep. again, I think you, you're going to be 6-2, or 7-1 going into the next game, November 5th, which is a after a bye, a much-needed bye. You're going to face Maryland. Maryland's a team who just scores a ton but don't really defend. Yeah, we'll have to see what uh, you know what their quarterback situation is. Obviously, Tua's younger brother is there. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, obviously that's – He's, he's play, I just don't think defensively they have a front to stop Wisconsin. Um, but that'll be a – it'll be a competitive game. And they came to home too. So yes. I, I think the Badgers win that one. Uh, then after that, they go away to Iowa, which is another game I kind of have as a coin flip. Um, you know, Iowa and Wisconsin are very similar in the terms that offensively they're not the greatest, but defensively they're going to be good. Um, I talked I talked to – person who grew up and I was an Iowa fan and this is what he said about Iowa. He said same shit, different year for the Hawks. Yeah. Okay, defense should be good. Offense will struggle to score points. We'll win all the games they should. Won't be able to win a big game. And then he said they might have one of the best linebacking cores in the Big Ten. Sure. So, 
I mean, I was a consistent program. You know, every game you're going to go in, and when you face them, it's going to be it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Um, if you're a betting man, take the under in that yeah. game. Yeah, that uh, might be a first to fourteen game. I was going to say I was going to give it twenty. Could maybe go down to seventeen. Yeah, first first to twenty or seventeen is is winning that game. The thing about Iowa is their defense is very very good. Um, and it's a bit of a luck stat at, at turning the ball over. So if Wisconsin can can um, hold on to the ball and not turn the ball over, they they definitely have a chance in that game. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that's going to be another point. If it was home, I'd feel a lot better about it. Um, but I was a good team, and it'll be interesting to see. I think that's one that's kind of hard to decide right now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, down the road, you can probably get a little bit better gist of it. So after that week, uh, they have another away game at Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska might have been the best three-win team in the history of college football last yeah, year. Yeah, lost all nine games by one score or less. Yep, by one touchdown. That's Again, that's at Nebraska, so that's another game where I have kind of, I could see them winning, I could see them losing, but it's all going to kind of depend on the quarterback play for them. Adrian new, Martinez is yep, gone. New, new quarterback this they year. They picked up uh, Casey Thompson, Thompson from, from Texas. Texas yep. Yep. Um, you know, Scott Frost has been successful, not, not at Nebraska. Nebraska. So yes. at some point it's like, hey, are they losing these games because they're not finishing or is it coaching? I think the Badgers are going to win this game. I just think that they always take care of Nebraska. Yep. Uh, but it's not going to be an easy one. I think Nebraska is going to be better this year. I think they will make a bowl game. Now, it depends if they win those one-touchdown games not to determine what their record will be. Sure, yep. Then you end up the season at home playing for the Paul Bunyan's Axe against Minnesota. Yep, to bring the Axe back home. Yeah, last year they played just awful. Correct. Just uh, awful. I have Minnesota at home a win. I mean, Minnesota, it, it's going to be a very tough game, but being at home I think helps a lot. Uh, you know, P.J. Fleck has done a great – he's built that program up. Yep. Whether you like him or not, whether you think he's corny or not, I mean, he, he's built them from not really ever contending to a couple years ago being in a New York Six game. Yep, they got it. They got a new new offensive coordinator. Well, was their old offensive coordinator? He came back. Yeah. Um, and the last time he was here was when Tanner Morgan had his best year. He was there right. for a sixth year. Um, they bring back Mo Ibrahim as well at running back. Just gonna have to see how you know how he comes back from an injury. Cause was it was it ACL? It, it was pretty much a whole knee. Yeah. I mean, I would yeah. So so that's that's tough. So you know, obviously late in the season he'll he'll be well. You could say. Fully recovered, but probably not fully or, healthy yeah, because yeah. it's later in the year. Um, so yeah, that. It, it, but you know, last year um, with no Ibrahim, and they still uh, looked Wisconsin pretty good. So we'll have to see how that goes. I see Wisconsin as a nine and three team. Um, I, I, I see them losing to Ohio State, and then probably a losing a combination of the Michigan Iowa. Minnesota losing two of those three. Michigan State, Iowa, yep. Minnesota. So losing two out of those three. So yeah. I see him at nine and three. I really think the Badgers are going to come out in that Minnesota game and just you know do everything they can. Because yeah. One, they want the axe back, and two, it's at home. And I think you know last year you know the Badgers beat Minnesota. They're in the Big Ten Big Ten championship. championship. So I think that's going to bother them as well. And I think they're going to yeah. have kind of the same scenario this year where if they win, they're in for sure. Yep. Um. I, the Big Ten West isn't super deep. It's never been the better division. We knew that. Um, but at max they go ten and two at absolute max. But I can also see them going eight and four. I, would but say, I think nine and I, three is a good choice. Yeah, I would say it were, yeah they're ten and two or they're or they're eight and four. Um, 
you know, ceiling and floor. Um, I, I, you know, see them in that range, and that's why I kind of pick right in the middle, nine and three. Um, I want to say their over-under was eight and a half. Yep. So. I'm not betting on that. That's, no, that's, no. That's, that's that, I, feel, I feel like they got them picked perfectly. If, if, uh, if I absolutely had to, I'd take the over. I, I think nine yeah. and three is a better number than eight and four for them. But as we said, it's all going to it's all gonna come down to grand marks. And, and, then, and, and, that, what, and the balance they can have offensively. That game against Washington State is going to. That's a big uh, one. It's, it, it's, yes, and it's definitely going to matter to the season because we're talking three losses in the Big Ten, uh, possibly, and you don't win that game again. You know, now there's your eight and four right there. So yeah. I can definitely see it. That is going to be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, anything else, Wisconsin, that, that we see or want to talk about? No, no, I, th- I think we covered it. All right, so moving on from Wisconsin, uh, we, we are each going to pick a team here. Uh, we're each going to pick a Power 5 team and a non-Power 5 team. Just kind of talk about and follow. Uh, Michael, we'll let you go ahead with your Power 5 team. Sure, so I'm going to follow Oregon. Um, right now they're preseason number 11. Uh, they start up week one against Georgia um, in Atlanta, so basically a road game. Um, not in, excuse me, Athens, but definitely a road game. Uh, their new head coach this year, uh, Dan Lanning, former D.C. of Georgia. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what he, um, you know, game plans against Georgia week one. Um, transfer new quarterback this year, Bo Nix. Um, so Anthony Brown is out from of the Auburn. program. Yeah, from, from Auburn. They do have a, uh, um, a highly recruited um, quarterback, Ty Thompson. Um but they think Nix is going to get the get the job. Um, the biggest question for them is the skill positions, running back and uh, wide receiver. Now, running back, they've been very um, successful in the last few years um, with uh, uh, Troy Dye, um, the uh, C.J. Verdell, uh, Royce Freeman. So they've had they've had talent um, in that spot, but um, it's just kind of you know, it's, they got good recruits. It's just nobody's really proven themselves. And then wide receiver. They've been down on wide receiver uh, the last couple of years, uh, recruiting-wise. Um, you know, Cristobal, um, his big thing was they, they call it gorilla ball, where he's just running the ball all the and, time. And where's Cristobal again? Now? He went to Miami. He went to Miami. Which, that's where he's from. He, went, he played college there. Yeah. So um, I get the, the fact that he left there. Um, cupboards are definitely not bare, you know, in Oregon. Um, you know, schedule obviously week one against Georgia is probably a loss. Um, they do get Utah at home, but if they play against Utah like they did last year, that's an easy loss. Well, and Utah has a lot returning. Utah, Utah is a, a very good dark yes. horse pick. Um, yes, to make the college football playoff. You know, there hasn't the been problem. A the problem with the Pac-10 Pac-12 team or yeah, Pac-12 team. team it, they, they, they don't get in because you don't run the table. You have to yeah, run the table yeah. because you're not playing against uh, good enough. You're not getting enough big games, so you got to run that table. Yeah, but, but Utah is definitely expected to be one of the top teams, if not the yeah. favorite, to win the Pac-12. So yes. Utah will be a tough game, but it does help that Oregon's at home. Yep, uh, and then uh, they, they do also have BYU at home early in the year. Um, it's another tough game. Yeah. Um, good, good program. At Washington State, home against Stanford. Stanford always plays them tough, whether Stanford's good or not. So um, I, I see him probably in that 8-4 range again. Um, 
but yeah, we're definitely excited to watch them this year to see you know how they how they play and and um, I would love to see Ty Thompson take you know get that job and take over from Bo Nix. Um, I just I think you've seen what you've got from Bo Nix, and that's you know when he's playing well, yeah, he's great, but he's just so inconsistent. It reminds me of Mertz a bit, uh, a better Mertz, but. Not, not too confident in Bo Nix. And is Oregon ranked in all its rookie year? 11. They're ranked, ranked 11. 11. Okay. Do you think that's a good ranking? Do you think that's kind of it's based probably, off of their name? Yeah, I think it's a little high. Okay, um, so we feel like we did with the Badgers, mm-hmm. where it just, it's, it's, a the, little, it's the program getting the It's ranking. a little high, um, but I, I do think their defense is going to be good, clearly with um, Dan Lanning putting his, um, you know, mold um, in, into the defense, putting his hands on it. Um, you know, I think they're going to be good. Um, it's really just what are you getting from the Oscar, you know, kind of like Wisconsin in that. I think they're going to be more creative than they have been in the last couple of years where it's just run it up the middle, run it up the middle, run it up the middle. That's that they've kind of gotten to a, a, you know, just keep doing that over and over and over again. So hopefully they clean that up. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I see them, you know, eight and four, nine and three, somewhere in that range, um, competing. And it's not, it's not like, uh, the offense isn't like the Chip Kelly glory days. It's no, it's no, it's it's not speed, it's not spread. Um, at least it hasn't been. You know, we'll see what what uh, Lanning's got got in, in store for him this year. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm excited to, to see where they're at. Um, they, they still have Noah Sewell, Sewell coming back. Um, good good linebacker. Obviously, they lost Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, but they, they do have uh, some talent. Um, on the defensive line and the linebacking core, so uh, it should be it should be a good a good year for them. I think their defense is going to be going to be pretty good. I think they can play you know be competitive against Georgia week one. Um, it's just going to um, you know can they can they score with Georgia week one? Yeah, uh, best uniforms in college football. I think nobody Clearly. can argue that. Clearly, um, but. Sometimes be, a little bit too many combinations. It should be interesting to see how the Pac-12 goes this year. And talking about Oregon, Michael will keep us updated on the Pac-12 a little bit. Um, moving on, my my team that we are going to follow is going to be the number 10 ranked team in the country. Has some Wisconsin ties. Their coach, Dave Aranda of Baylor. Baylor. Baylor is coming off a 12-2 year where they were Big 12 and Sugar Bowl champions. Arguably the best year in program history. Um, I mean, the only other one you can really probably argue is with when they had Matt Rule a couple years ago, and then yep. Aranda took over for Rule. Yeah. Uh, was two and seven that year, the COVID year, which uh, just a weird year. I it mean, was for everybody. It sure was. Um, but then they came back and had one of the biggest turnarounds in history. Ten more wins. They went twelve and two last year. Won the Big Twelve championship by about a yard over Oklahoma State. Yeah, I still can't believe when when that guy is bouncing it outside and he's. But three, four yards from the end zone, I'm just there's no way he gets stopped there. Like the, the you know, there's like the 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 win probability loss probability, like his stop or not gonna, sense. yeah, like just watching that, you know, you've seen enough of him. Like there's he's in and he just doesn't get in. Like yep. all he's got to do is truck that guy and fall forward and he's in. And, like and it Baylor was, stopped him. So. It was crazy. Yeah, Baylor won the Big Twelve championship because of that, and then also the Sugar Bowl. Uh, you know, there was an asterisk by to Matt Corral didn't play in that. Yep. So, that, I mean, that's a big difference playing Ole Miss without Matt Corral last year. 
Uh, but it is going to be a little bit different of a year for Baylor. They had six players chosen in the NFL draft. Um, you know, opposing opposing scouts basically saying their their O line and D line are definitely their strengths. Their O line has four of their starters back. D line has everybody back from two deep. So um, they're they're very very deep in the trenches. Uh, yep. I expect that to be a big help. Um, but it's just a very young team as well. Uh, some key games for them. Second week of the year, they have to go BYU, go to BYU and play them. Uh, so I mean, that could be kind of a telling tale. BYU is going to have a tough schedule. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean they, they don't. They don't play in a conference. No, I, right? I so, get that, but there ain't no cupcakes on their schedule. Um, BYU's it, at B, playing at BYU is not easy, so I think that being the second game. Is that at altitude? That's got to be at awesome, that's, uh, altitude. That's going to be an interesting, interesting game to kind of see where Baylor is at. Um, some other games that are going to be big for them is October first. They are hosting Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State just a program in the Big Twelve that's good every year. Uh, they yep. are without their defensive coordinator this year. Went to Ohio have, State. Went to Ohio State. Okay, so that's a, a change. Um, but they'll be good. And then November 5th, they're at Oklahoma. Uh, and Oklahoma is just a powerhouse. Uh, different coach. Yep. Could be different. But very good chance that Baylor could win the Big 12 again this year because just because the Big 12 is down a little bit. You never know with Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, every year they're advertised they're going to be back and then they don't show up. Correct. Um, they have to go to Iowa State this year. That's not going to be – it's never easy playing at Jack Trice. I mean, that, that's a tough place to play. Um, so – Max, I would say, would probably be 10 wins. I, you could see them going eight wins as well, but most people are saying they should probably win in the, in the 10 range. Yep. Um, offensively this year, they're going to be a little different. Their quarterback is going to be Blake Shapin. Uh, he was picked over last year's starting starter, Gary Bohannon, who transferred to yep, USF. Transferred out. Yep. Um, the thing about Bohannon was he kind of just lacked consistency. Non-conference games, he was very good, but conference games, he struggled with pass accuracy. Um, just things like that. So they're hoping that he brings some consistency to the position. And Shapin's two starts last year, he had five touchdowns. His completion percentage was over 70%, over 60 attempts, and had over 430 yards. I want to um, say Shapin got in the game two years ago in the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma as well, because I think Bohannon got hurt. Well, he started last year against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yep, he started that game. Then he also started against Texas Tech. But, um, I mean, if you look at his numbers, they were – Games that he played a good amount, he had good numbers. Um, in that Big 12 championship game, 23 to 28 for 183 touchdowns, didn't throw a pick. Um, he wasn't, and he was even sacked five times in that game. So I mean, he faced a lot. And then last year against Texas Tech, when he started 20, 34, 254, two touchdowns, didn't throw a pick all year. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping he brings some consistency. Um, the question mark offensively for them is definitely going to be the skill skill positions. Um, they lose a lot of, they lose their. Running back from last year rushed for over a thousand yards, and then they lose all their wide receivers. Um, their top three tight ends are back. Ben Sims is a tight end for them. That's their leading receiver in reception, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Get six touchdowns, so that's going to be a big target for them. Um, and the thing about Baylor is, like I said, with their offensive line returning, they led the Big Twelve in rushing last year. So no matter who it is, I think they're going to figure it out yep. for who their running back is. Yep. Um, they still hadn't really decided yet, and then they also allow the third fewest sacks. So. That was their biggest turnaround last year was their offensive line from when they went two two and seven to twelve and two as their offensive line was so much better. Um, and having eighty percent of the offensive line starts returning is going to help them. Um, and then defensively, they lost four players to NFL draft, but Dave Aran is a defensive minded coach. Yeah, I mean, he, no, they'll he, be fine there. He was such a respected defensive coordinator for such a yeah. long time at Wisconsin and LSU. He's going to figure it out. Um, they returned their whole defensive front, and they also landed a, a defensive tackle from Tulsa. 
who's a two-time all all AAC mm-hmm. um, player of the year on the team. Not player of the year, but on that team. Right. Um, so they're going to be just fine there. Then they also picked up a linebacker from LSU, uh, Josh White, who ran and recruited at LSU. I was going to say, never probably. Got to, probably never got to play for him, never got to coach sure. him. So he was a four-star prospect, so he's expected to help out a lot. Um, their secondary is inexperienced in terms of years. They're young, but they, they do have a lot of talent. Um, and defensively, you could argue that they were just as good as Alabama or Georgia last year, who are the mainstays of college football. Um, so I think Baylor's going to be a good team and a fun team to watch. Um, you know, there's, like I said, their schedule can be a little tough. Uh, they have to go to Iowa State, have to go to West Virginia, which is another tough place to play. Um, let's see what else we got here. They, the Big 12 is a difficult conference because you are playing all 10. You yep. know, or I should say you, you've got a 10-team conference, so you're playing all nine teams, so everybody's playing everybody. I mean, that, that, that is difficult. You don't, you don't get to miss any of the good teams. you got to play everybody. Yeah, I mean, so just, just looking at where they have to go to this year, they have to go to BYU, have to go to Iowa State, have to go to West Virginia, have to go to Texas Tech, have to go to Oklahoma, and then they have to go to Texas. So, that, I mean, that's not an easy road no. schedule. Um, and then, you know, they're home against Kansas State. Kansas State's supposed to be a lot better this year. They picked up Adrian Martinez from Nebraska. It's just going to kind of depend if he can what is he? hang yeah. out of the ball. Yeah, what is he going to um, be? But Kansas State has arguably the best running back in the conference there as well. That's fun, yeah. Um, so Kansas State should be good. Um, Kansas should be a win at home. I mean, they made some strides last year. Lance Leopold, former Whitewater coach. Uh, but Kansas just isn't it, – it's Kansas football. Um, Texas Tech don't, is don't, to be don't a tell Kansas, this year. Don't tell Texas about Kansas football. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech should be a little bit better this year, so they have to go on the road there. But, again, should be a 10-win team. Uh, should, should be a team that um, – you know, has a chance to compete for a, a Big 12 championship. I don't think they're going to get into the college football playoff. Uh, but just a, a, a team that's going to be decent. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on from Power Fives, uh, my non-Power Five team that I think is going to be really fun to watch and has a good chance of, you know, maybe even sneaking into a New York Six Bowl uh, is kind of like the the non-Power Five team again. It's going to be Fresno State. Um, Fresno State plays in the Mountain West Conference, which is a pretty respectable conference football-wise. Uh, their head coach is Jeff Tedford, the old Cal coach, uh, Aaron Rodgers coach at Cal. Um, it's his second stint at, the alma, at his alma mater, which is Fresno State. Um, he stepped down last year because he had a heart procedure, so stepped down for health reasons, but it's back. Uh, you know, he's a good coach. He has a career record of 108, 71, 26, and 14 at Fresno. So just a guy who, he knows how to win. Yeah. Um, so to lead them in, in the Mountain West is going to be, it's going to be good for them. Uh, the reason they should be really good is going to be their quarterback, Jake Hayner. He's a Washington transfer. One of the better non-Power 5 quarterbacks in the country. Threw for over 4,000 yards last year. 36 total touchdowns to only 9 picks. He was second team all Mountain West. And he was hurt all year. Dealt with a hip, dealt with a knee, dealt with an ankle. So he was hurt all year and just battled. Um, he had 7 completions with longer than 60 yards, so he could throw a long ball. Tied for the most with Bryce Young, um, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, then they are also probably going to have the best receiving core in the Mountain West. Uh, their top receiver, Jalen Krupper, 85 catches, 900 yards, 11 touchdowns. is back. Uh, then they have some other guys who both had more than four touchdowns, more than 500 yards receiving. So should be a fun team to watch. Their key games, uh, they play Oregon State September 10th at home. Uh, they have to go to USC the next week, which is going to be a big a very game. difficult game. Yeah, yeah, very difficult. If they, But that could be a game where – you take the over because it could be a shootout. 
because Lincoln Riley's teams don't necessarily always play defense. And like it, Hainer can just throw it all over the place. And if he's healthy, I mean that could be that could be an upset. I, I do you, really do you remember the Reggie Bush play, the where he's where he's uh, in in the running down the left sideline, um, cuts back, makes that great run. Do you remember that mm-hmm. game? That was against Fresno. Yeah. So let's see that again. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because um, that was a great game. It was. Um. And, and in the, they had an upset last year at they went to UCLA and beat them yes. forty to thirty seven. So yeah. so they've won like this. This core has won against in the Power Five schools. Yep. yep. At that school. Um, then their conference games, October 8th, they're at Boise State. I mean, Boise State isn't what Boise State once was, but just a good team. Still a good program. Um, October 29th, they play San Diego State. They're projected to finish second in that West Division. Um, and then Boise is expected to win the Mountain. But, um, yeah, Fresno State should be a fun team to watch. you got a quarterback who can just throw it all over the place. Might be a dark horse for the Heisman just because he's going to put up crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. Probably won't win it, but could be in that conversation. And then they have a great receiving core coming back as well. Yeah, for me, I'm going to uh, watch the Sun Belt um, and follow Appalachian State. Um, quarterback Chase Bryce was uh, back up at Clemson. Yep. I went to Duke. Yep. Now he's at... Uh, didn't, work, at didn't work on didn't work Duke. Either. No, no, he was not good there. Um, you know, not. I'm not going to break down the team or anything like that. Schedule their first two games are North Carolina, Texas A&M to start, so... It's going to be a very difficult start, um, but then they're going to kind of get into their um, conference, and I'm watching them to, to be one of the top teams. Uh, towards the end of the year, they have back-to-back games, um, November 3rd against Coastal Carolina. should be a great matchup, and then uh, new to the Sun Belt Marshall. So those would be some pretty good games, but um, I'll definitely be watching some more Appalachian State this year and kind of following them. and. You know, seeing seeing where everything is at, and just kind of learning the players as they as I'm watching those games. Well, they they've been successful in the past couple yeah. of years too. They've always been a good program. When they made the move from FCS to FBS, they still competed. And now, I mean, they've been ranked multiple times. That was um, the that was the, the when they were FCS and they beat. They were FCS when they beat Michigan. Michigan. Probably the biggest upset oh, of all time. It was awesome. Um, Another team that I didn't do much digging about, but another team that should be decent that's a non-par five is Coastal Carolina. Once again, their quarterback is back again. Um, McCall. Yeah. You know, so just just another fun team. Um, but other than that, I mean, looking at the top twenty-five, I mean, some some teams that should be decent that that could take a step this year. I know NC State's a big one that people have talked about that could make a jump. Um, we already talked a little bit about Utah. Um, what are you what do you, what do you think on Clemson? What do you think the year is going to look like for them? You know, Clemson, um, you know, DJ. Um, yeah, yeah, DJU. Um, he really needs to figure it out. Um, the difficulty with Clemson this year is they're going to have two new coordinators. Um, so they lost uh, Tony Elliott, the OC. Um, he's now the head coach, um, I want to say, in the ACC somewhere. Virginia, I want to say Virginia, and then they lost, uh, yeah, Venables out to Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. So it's it's really going to it's really going to see now. Dabo is really um, hired within, and that's what he did with you know that's how he got his position you know moved up through the ranks. So I like the way he does it. Um, Dabo is not big into the NIL or the transfer, um, so we'll see. He you know he could fall off the map. Um, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, defensively, 
they were a great team. It was really all about their offense last year. Well, um, just like a lot of the problems, just consistency yeah. of the quarterback. Division. Yeah. Uh, Will Shipley is going to be a sophomore, so he's back. Um, you know, they have they have talent all over. It's just, are they going to do it? Yep. You know, are they going to be ready to, to, to make plays? Um, but I want to say they're starting out, are they top five? They're, they're four. Four. Four Notre yep. Dame's, five Notre Dame's, another team with a lot of yep. question marks. And I want to say they play early in the season at some point. Yep. They're going to be meeting up. So I think it's definitely going to be um, a good a good season for them. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be, you know, you, you have to find out. It's not like you had Lawrence and Deshaun Watson where you – knew they were going to be a playoff team and there was nobody that was going to touch them in the ACC. So um, a good season for them. How many wins do you think it is? 10? 11? Well, that's the thing. Last year, did they get 10? I think they went... I think they went 9-4 last year. 9-4? Nine, nine um, yeah, I would say 10. Um, you know, 10 or 11. You know, it's kind of kind of where we're putting them. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're still loaded. You know, defensively, they're so good um, on the D-line. Offensive line is kind of... Um, suspect, but you know they, they have recruiting wise, they have the talent. It's just now, can you get on the field and yeah. prove it? Yeah, and, and another team that I was high on this year was going into the year with Wake Forest, um, but their quarterback Sam Hartman was recently just you know he's gonna be out for a while with some non-football injuries. Still haven't been released what it was. Um, so hope Sam's doing okay. But uh, you know that was a team last year who just threw a ton, just couldn't defend. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of weather the storm without Sam Hartman there if he ever comes back. Um, some SEC, uh, Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin's always fun to watch. Uh, Kentucky's supposed to be decent again this year. Uh, they, they've always been more of a defense first team, um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then, uh, who's the other one that I was looking at? Arkansas had a nice year last year to see if they can build. And then, you know, is Tennessee ever going to come back from the dead? Who knows? Um, Texas, they just named Quinn Ewers. Yeah, I saw that. I uh, saw so that. It'll be interesting to see. He was at Ohio State for one year. He was, you know, a, a Texas high school legend. Legend. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if he lives up to his potential. Um, and then some other teams that got votes. Iowa. We talked about Penn State. Not supposed to be it's as good. It's really this just year. gonna. It's gonna come down to offense. Yeah. Just like a lot of Big Ten teams, it just comes if they can score points. Um, LSU with uh, what's his name, Brian Kelly. Brian yes. Kelly there they're going to do anything. I mean, Brian Kelly doesn't lose a lot. Correct. So I, I wouldn't think they would come out and have a 6-6 six and six year. I think they could be probably an 8-4-9-3 team. Yeah, they're over under 7. So I think they're, I think that's definitely, a, they're going to go finish over Yeah, I, I, would, I would absolutely take the over on that. Brian, Brian Kelly's just too good of a coach not to, not to finish over. Um, speaking of a Kelly UCLA, I don't know what, you know, Chip Kelly is kind of, running out of time, I think, over there. It's yeah. either you figure it out well, or you it's, don't. It, it, the thing is, it's like, okay, so they start last year, they come out, they beat LSU early in the year, and then you just talked about it. They lose to Fresno State. Like, they just yep. don't, like, you You have these highs, and then you have these low, like, you just, you know, you gotta, you gotta put it together. You gotta beat the teams you're supposed to, and you gotta play competitive against teams that are supposed to beat you. And, and win some of those games. And that's what puts you in the 9, 10, 11 win. Um, and he just hasn't figured that out at UCLA where I thought the recruiting was going to be so much better. Yeah. I think Lincoln Riley going to USC is going to be great in the long term. I just don't know 
right now where they're going to what be. What they're going to do. I mean, they do have a good quarterback. It's not like they have a quarterback competition. Caleb Williams is going to be their quarterback. Um, yeah, but Caleb Williams, when he took over for Rattler, had this run, and then there were games where they were thinking about putting Rattler back in because he I just— mean, he was still let, a freshman last year. Uh, well, I, I, mean, he, I get it. He's a, he's a highly talented quarterback. Out of I high get school, it. so I get it. You know, and he has the familiarity with Lincoln. He knows the system, so yes. it's not like Lincoln's going in there with a quarterback who's blindfolded. You know, Caleb Williams knows what he's going to do. And they have a great they they got the pit receiver <coughs> Addison. Yep. Um. So yeah, they're loaded. They are. It's just what do you, you know? Are you going to be able to make the plays defensively? Um. It it's really coming down to uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. And then, always a mystery and then insert insert your fourth team. Yeah, I mean Texas A and M's running tie this year. They, they, they start are. the year at six. But you're you're not going to get three SEC teams no. into that, you know. And who is who's going to be? Have they decided who the starting quarterback is in Texas A and M yet? Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be. Um, uh, I know their their kid left left last year. Um, I think he's at LSU now. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what Texas A&M. You know, the recruiting class is there, but the recruiting class for last year isn't what you have to. That's going to be in two years. That's going to be in three years. So we'll see where Texas A&M is. And obviously, beat Alabama last year in a great game. So, but you got to do it consistently. You can't just do it one year, then get the hype and then not do it. Yeah, the the fourth spot in the college football playoff is definitely wide open. I mean, we can all agree Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, who we feel are going to be the three. And I mean, one of those, you know, if those teams lose some games, they're not going to be in it. But well, right now, they're just yes, they're, but they're too. We've we've seen in the past those three teams, even with a loss, are usually regarded higher over you know yeah. other teams just because of their history and yeah. they, they know they're well coached and you know they're just powerhouses. So I I have absolutely no clue who the four spot could be. I'm not, I couldn't make any predictions right now. Yeah, it is. It is definitely it's like you said. They're not going to have three SEC teams in there. It, it rides kind of a lot about Clemson or any ACC team. It does. Here you talked about um, a Pac-12 team running the table. Could be USC. Could be um, uh, Utah. Utah. Uh, you know that that's an option. Um, could be could be Notre Dame. I mean, Oklahoma I don't think it's. Chance to get into I don't it. think it's going to be Notre Dame, but it definitely could be. So what well, you know. Do, with uh, Buckner there, we'll see what Notre Dame looks like. Obviously, defensively going to be good. Brand new coach and Marcus Freeman, so we're you know we'll just see where that where that plays. Uh, Oklahoma State started out twelve this year. They can make a run. You know they got some returning you know talent. Obviously lost a lot defensively, but they still got um, their quarterback Spencer Sanders coming back. So it should definitely be interesting. Yeah, I mean so. We're excited for the college football season. We think it's you know it's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's fun every year. Um, I hope one day they do expand the playoff. To, I, I think sixteen would be an awesome number. We yeah. kind of get majority of the top twenty five in there. Um, I think that would be fun. Uh, it, it's definitely not gonna be four for much longer. I, I think they realize the the missed opportunities with TV deals and just because look NCAA is all the money. Yeah. That that that's all they ever. Are. We could go on a tangent for that forever, but they they definitely understand four teams misses out on a lot of money. So it's going to be expanded at some point, um, hopefully sooner than later, just for entertainment purposes. It's more fun when you're watching those games. Um, but, yeah, it should be a fun college football year. And I think that pretty much wraps up. 
Sounds good. That's episode two. That's episode two. Uh, our next episode, uh, we'll, we will definitely wrap up the golf season. Yes. Maybe talk to little Brewers if they if they can figure it out Boy. to stay in the thick of it. Uh, it's not looking great right now. Yikes. Um, we'll probably probably get closer to making some college football picks. Just depends. Sure. Depends. Um, may have to talk the six man scramble. Yep. We we are in a golf tournament this next weekend with our brother and some friends. So. We're definitely excited for that. Might have to talk about that a little bit, but I think we definitely have to talk some Packers a little bit. Yes. To get closer. Yes. NFL, NFL fantasy. Um, some fantasy football, but um, yeah, that wraps up episode two, and uh, we're excited for college football season.